It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. start you with this morning. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Tuesday, 6.06 of the time. So getting in this morning, where I am anyway, some light snow came down overnight. Some of you still might get some of that too. And when it's really light and fine like that, it just makes it kind of slick coming in. Just so you know, some people are trying to take it easy out there, wherever you might be, depending on whether you got some of that light snow. And some of you still might get a little bit of it today. You heard your local weather forecast. Overall, though, it's still a nice day. When we get into, like, Wednesday night, Thursday, that's when there's a pretty good chance of snow, although not a lot of it, but a pretty good chance for everybody. And temperatures really drop for that one day. So we'll keep you posted on that. All right, stories that I have lined up for you today. Let's start with the environmental activist group that moved once again to block Wyoming oil and gas leases. This is where they just constantly fight this stuff in court, right? Anything they think they can possibly do. Here's two of these activists holding up a sign that says, just stop oil. Before I get into the story, sometimes, rather than talking to or blueing the face, I would like to give them what they want. Now, we don't need to give them what they want for everybody, just for them. Okay, so you want to live without oil and natural gas and coal. Okay, we are going to put you someplace where none of those products are used and let you live that way, just so you can experience what that lifestyle is like. Now, at first, they're probably going to go, yay, we'll do that. Okay, fine. Here's their little commune. We'll give them a piece of land. Let's give them a little corner of Wyoming somewhere where they can live this experiment. And for a period of about a year, I'll just give them a year. I could give them longer, but just give them a year. They have to live without coal, gas, and oil at all. Anything produced by petroleum products in any way will not exist in this area. Now, how long do you think they're going to last? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a disaster for them because immediately they're going to show up and think, well, okay, um... Why are we naked? Well, if you want to go ahead and make clothing without coal, gas, and oil, you're going to have to get busy. Because we said we were going to take anything away that was produced with. And today, modern textiles and so on, it's all that, right? So what do we do? If we have to build a place for them to live without using coal, gas, and oil, they're going to be on empty land. Now, they can. I mean, people used to build log cabins and so on. We're going to have to hand them axes, and they're going to have to do it the hard way. They're not going to have any access to phones or electricity or their tablets. I mean, just keep going through your head every little thing. What are they going to have? Picture the first, well, the indigenous peoples that lived here in Wyoming, the first settlers that came to Wyoming, white people that came to Wyoming with nothing. They weren't using petroleum products. They certainly did survive, but what was life like back then? Okay, 
I want these little snot nose to live like this, these snot nose environmentalists, to try to give it a shot. Yeah, I really think they're going to regret it. They're going to have to raise food. Well, the animals, unless they're vegan, well, we're going to raise vegetables and we're going to do it all organically. Oh, you can. Good luck with that, because when people lived that way, it was hard and a lot of people died really young. If somebody in their group, in this mythical area that I'm inventing for you guys, got sick, well, you can forget taking them to the hospital and doctors. We're going to do medicine the old-fashioned way. So there's a good chance that whoever is sick with whatever is not going to survive it because so much of modern-day medicine depends on petroleum products. All right, listen. Uh, here's the story that I have for Cowboy State Daily. Biden administration has leased fewer federal acres for oil and natural gas development than any other president since World War II. But environmental groups are hoping to stop the practice entirely. Bureau of Land Management announced in October a proposed lease sale on 209 parcels of federal land, including 251,086 acres for the second quarter of 2023 which initiated a 30-day scoping period to receive public comment for the sale. On the day that scoping period ended, more than 40 environmentalist groups sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Interior asking that the Bureau hold public hearings in the area where the parcels were located. That comment period is 45 days. Quote, the actions of the Bureau of Land Management may take, based on them, have serious implications for the United States and all the countries of the world to prevent that 1.5 degrees Celsius, which, by the way, that's another 1.5. That's like the $15 an hour minimum wage. Just put a decimal point in the middle there. It's an arbitrary number. They don't want that 1.5 degrees of additional warming, beyond which scientists predict catastrophic harm for people ecosystems worldwide. And again, it's a mythical number. It, it's a lot like 97% of scientists agree in climate change, which is a myth. That, that hasn't happened. But all right, reading on. We need more time to get a handle on things so we can actually offer some meaningful and insightful comments, say these environmentalists. So William, William Penley who serves as the director of Bureau of Land Management between 2019 and 2021, said he couldn't speak for everyone in the over 40 groups that signed the letter, but environmental groups that oppose all oil and gas development generally use any process at their disposal to stop lease sales. They will stall it. They'll go to court. Anything in all of the above approach is what they're after. Quote, I just see this as an effort on part of the environmental groups that want to keep fossil fuels, he means organic fuels, in the ground. Nicholas doesn't dispute that his group's overall goal is to stop oil and gas development on federal lands. Quote, leasing public lands to the oil and gas industry right now in, in the midst of our climate crisis is absolutely insane. Pause. I always have to correct. There is no climate crisis, another myth. So, yeah, we're going to do everything we can to derail what the Biden administration is proposing. Again, I think one of the best ways to handle this is just let them live the way that they are claiming that we can all live. 
BLM closed the comment period November 7th as scheduled. So Nicholas from this environmental group said that the various groups concerned about the lease sales were able to provide BLM with some general comments, but he doesn't think it was enough. So I do fear that we weren't able to provide enough detail to the agencies to really have a meaningful impact on the process. The first public comment period is closed. Nicholas said there will still be opportunities to provide input and insight. We want to hear back from the... Okay, it goes on like this. You understand, right? So I like that Cowboy State Daily, the next line they have in this story is climate crisis with a question mark. Jim and Casper. Morning, Jim. Is this the current 1.5 degree rise prediction or some of the last three predictions just asking? Oh, I forgot. We should be dead by now. Yeah, that's just about right. I tell you what, Jim, in just a moment, I'm going to dig into a little bit more where they got that 1.5 degree from. Yeah, because it's an arbitrary number, and it's not what scientists said. 615, Wake Up, Wyoming. Hi, I'm Uzo. Wake Up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty-one's the time to wake up, Wyoming. It's a Tuesday, a little cold and slick out there this morning. All right, so I was asking, well, I was answering Jim's question here. Going through a story from Cowboy State Daily, once again, environmental groups trying to stop in any way they can any more leasing of land or allowing drilling for coal, gas, and oil. And oil, they just let's just keep it all in the ground. And there's this number that I've been hearing a lot lately. We cannot cross 1.5 degrees Celsius in warming. It's catastrophic. It's over. If we do, we're done. That's what they're trying to tell us. Now, remember, these are the same people. I've given you a long list of catastrophic events that were supposed to happen that never did. We were warned if we pass a certain population, the earth is done. We've far surpassed that population, and we're fine. So, so many predictions like this that environmentalists have gotten wrong. You've been given other numbers like 97% of scientists agree, which is a flat-out myth. But, you know, you're fed a lot of numbers. 1.5 degree. Take away the decimal point reminds me of that arbitrary, well, we've got to pay people $15 an hour minimum wage. The number's arbitrary. So 1.5 degrees. So what I'm reading this from is called the Climate Reality Project. It's one of the pages that I follow. And what this does is it talks to this site. They go find actual climatologists and talk to them and write articles based on what these climatologists are saying, which is not the information that you get from your mainstream news media outlets. That's why they have this separate website out there to get around them. So, okay, here's the headline. Why is 1.5 degrees the danger zone for global warming? Well, why is holding global warming at 1.5 degrees such a big deal? Many people think the hottest days of the summer where temperatures hit 40 degrees, that's not 104 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, where they live, or hotter. So, uh, 40 degrees Celsius or 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Another degree or two is a little bit more uncomfortable, but hardly feels like the end of the world, right? So why does global warming crossing 1.5 degrees line become, as one reader put it, an extinction-level event? Spoiler alert, says the article, it's not. 
It's about the right point that scientists, some have projected that, well, that we could start seeing some climate impacts if we got that hot. But it would be about where we're likely to see some natural systems begin to cross a dangerous point, they say, of no return. Having said that, though, hang on a minute. Because as we get warmer, and the Earth has been warmer than you're experiencing now, and I don't just mean this morning when you're waking up. I mean, the Earth has been warmer. Remember, taking a look at the um, what's now frozen tundra of much of Canada, at one point that was teeming with life, and the Earth did not have polar ice caps. At one point, when you go through most of what is Russia, which is frozen wasteland, at one point it wasn't, and it was teeming with life. But the Earth was a lot warmer then, past the 1.5 that they're talking about. Yeah, it might have been miserable to live across the equator about then, but there were parts in the northern hemisphere and extreme southern hemisphere that were really just wonderful places to live because they didn't have to deal with things like, you know, winter and permafrost. Okay, so the article says, we talk about 1.5 degrees of warming. We're talking about an increase in the Earth's average temperature. We measure this increase from a baseline average of the mid to late 19th century, where the Industrial Revolution swung into high gear and people began burning coal, gas, and oil. The important thing to understand is that global warming that comes from burning of this is not a uniform process. Due to a host of factors, some areas like the poles are warming faster than others. Now, again, this doesn't have a lot to do with us. That was already happening before we started the Industrial Revolution. And as more CO2 has been put into the air, and not just because of us, the planet puts out a lot of CO2. So the levels have increased, but the temperatures have flatlined. Over decades, we've hit this point of flatlined temperatures. So when we talk about preventing 1.5 degrees of global warming, we're talking about preventing 1.5 degrees increase in the Earth's average temperature across the entire globe. Now, again, the temperature across the entire globe is never uniform. The article says the climate crisis doesn't start at 1.5 degrees. That's already here. Another critical thing to understand about global temperatures and warming is it's not the case that everything is up to 1.499999 degrees and we cross one another 0.1 degree and all of a sudden all your ice cream melts. That because this climate crisis they're talking about, they say, well, um, it wouldn't that already be here today? It, it would be. I mean, we, we should have already crossed that, right? If you think about it. Yes, things have warmed a bit in the past, let's say, 100 years or so. Things have gotten warmer than they were before. That's true. The planet has warmed. But over the past few decades, it's actually flatlined a bit, too. We have hot years. We have cold years. But overall, the temperature is not trending up or trending down. We've sort of flatlined out. But if you want to take a look at what time in Earth's history the planet has had the most abundant life, as near as we can tell, it's happened during the time when the planet was warmer and the CO2 level was higher than it is right now. And the planet was not warmer because of the CO2 level. There have been times the planet has been a lot warmer and the CO2 level was lower. 
there's been times when the CO2 level was much higher and the planet was in an ice age. So the two don't necessarily go together. This idea that you can just grab the CO2 level and turn it back like a thermostat and the planet's temperature and also weather just stabilize and we never have bad weather again is utter nonsense. The 1.5 degree number is something that some scientists have said, yeah, you know, average temperature if we cross that, things can get really bad in some areas. But that doesn't mean an apocalypse. That's not what they were talking about. And that's where, once again, these environmentalists, a, a lot like when the UN did not say that we have 12 years to save the planet or we're done. They didn't say that. But these environmentalists twisted the words to mean that. And now the clock is ticking on those 12 years. I think, what are we, nine years left or something like that to save the planet and we're just done? They grab these numbers and they throw them out there to try to get us into crisis mode. Like telling you, because climate change and global warming wasn't resonating with people, so they changed it to climate crisis. 1.5 degrees, we crossed that, we're done, it's over with. Coming up on 6.30, local news, update on your weather forecast, wake up my own. Here than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Six thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. I'll wrap this up real quick with everybody's help here. So, BLM leases going out there for oil drilling through the Biden administration. Not many, but there's a few. And, of course, environmentalists want to stop even them. We can't cross that 1.5 degrees of warming or we're screwed. Okay, a Cowboy State Daily article concludes with many groups have raised that alarm of uh, limiting warming to 1.5 degrees, which is something we can't do, by the way. We can dial back our CO2 level, but that's still going to happen. If things warm up, they do. There's nothing we can do about that. But then the idea that, well, we hit that target. <gasps> and... It's over. Well, originally that came from a 2018 special report from policymakers, United Nations, IPCC. A Swedish climate activist, Greta Thunberg, pushed that number as well. So it kind of grabbed hold with people. And so they've been repeating that number over and over and over again. But it's not exactly a realistic or real boundary. It doesn't exist. Once again, they're taking what scientists have said out of context. Now... Rianne from Fort Danger, no matter what proof or accurate science there is in regards to climate, uh, it'll always fall on deaf ears because the cult of climate change voices louder. Yes, but no. Here's what I mean by that. Let's take a look at who's actually winning the argument here. Oh, it's true. Through government action, they're squeezing coal, gas, and oil and try to shut it down, right? and then put up wind and solar through government action. They're trying to get us to buy all electric cars and so on. But we've seen what happens, for example, in Europe when they try to do this, and even before the war in Ukraine, the failure of it. And so now they're turning back on their nuclear plants, their gas plants, and their coal plants. And I just laughed hysterically just recently when I found that 
In Germany, they actually torn down a they tore down a wind farm to get at coal for a coal-fired power plant. So you can see they're losing the argument in that case. But also take a look at the way people live. Are they really winning the argument? Oh, out loud they are. But how do people live? Even so-called climate activists are constantly enlarging their lives, bigger homes. They like driving nice cars. When you look at their lifestyle, they're not trying to live smaller like they demand the rest of us do. They live larger all the time. So out loud, it sounds like they're winning the argument. But in private, and when you actually look at the way people live, not just in America, but worldwide, even in African countries, I was telling you guys yesterday that their African countries were at this United Nations Climate Accord, which is happening in Egypt. And they were saying, no, actually, we need help putting coal fire power plants online. Because they have people out there that are living without some of the basics that we have here in America. They don't have electricity or water in their homes. They're really living primitive in some of these African nations. And people are dying and have been for a very long time. And if anything, to save the lives of their people, these countries need electricity. And I'm sorry, but your wind and solar is not going to cut it. So they're saying, no, don't send us money to put up some solar power facilities or wind. We need coal. They went to this climate summit and said this, and they're building these plants. So are Asian countries using more coal than ever before and natural gas. So you can say that, well, these loud voices, and this is all you hear, and it drowns everybody else's voice out. So they're winning the argument, right? Well, out loud. But then look at how people live. Look at how nations live, how individuals live. Even members of the cult of climate change live how? Take a look at the summit that's happening in Egypt. And they all arrived in their private jets with their limos and their SUVs. And as I talked about yesterday, they sat down to nice dinners of steak and fish from very hard to get to places around the world and poultry and so on. You would have thought that they would have had a vegan meal or fake meat or they were eating bugs like they say the rest of us should do. But they're not, are they? So there's a difference between winning the argument out loud and then actually winning the argument in practice. And in practice, you can see the cult of climate change is not doing very well. Even here in America, where they're putting the squeeze on energy and prices are going through the roof. So you think, oh, well, they're winning the argument. Well, yeah, uh, until prices get so high that people cannot keep warm in the wintertime or cool in the summertime. You think the economy's rough now. Let these people keep winning this argument and watch what happens. Same thing that's happening in Europe right now. 6.42 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. This weather update. To boring morning radio. This is Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox to go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Speaking of icebox, a little slick driving in this morning, Frank? It was a, um... yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, there was snow on the ground. It was snowing last night. Yeah. So probably about 
what, nine, ten o'clock? Yeah, just enough to make it like snot out there. Just enough. When they're talking about like single digits coming up in yeah. the next few days, like, oh. But here's what I was explaining to Miss Mary when I come in in the morning. So I get down, you know, Oak Crest, get down to the bottom of Oak Crest by mm. where the school is. Then. Yeah. I look to my left. And there's a hill going down. Right? right. To my right, the hill continues up just a little bit yeah. and goes back down again, which means whenever I make a left-hand turn, I have to floor it because I don't know who's coming. Right. I can't see over the hill. It, yes. So, normally, that's okay. I just go, okay, I don't think I see anybody, and I floor it. And if somebody is coming up behind me, I've got plenty of speed going. I almost peeled out, right? Except on a morning like this where I have no choice but to take it easy because it's slick. So you have to be doubly careful. Uh, I have to be really careful to make sure there's no one behind me. Well, of course, I make the turn out, and there's a guy right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm thinking, and if he can't slow down, I certainly can't speed up. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So at mornings like this, you just kind of take your chances, right? You know what? But at least at our time in the morning, yeah. I mean, what you're you're on the road, what three ish? Uh, I get here at like two in the morning. Yeah, two in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's just you. Yeah, there's sometimes the there's other vehicles out there. Here's the uh, other advantage: is it's all downhill for me. In more ways than one. Yes. So, well, thanks a lot for that, Frank. But no, it's all downhill to get to work in the morning. So I have had times when it's been really slick out there, and I'm thinking, all I have to do is just ice skate it. C coming home, if it's still slick, that's going to be a problem. You're, but getting to work, it's all downhill and slick. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like skiing. Sure. We one time had, remember we had, and I really, I, I just admire the name of the vehicle, we had the Jack Wagon. Yes. For Jack <laughs> FM. Yeah, until and, it got totaled. Yeah. Yes, and they they asked me one time, nobody's driving it, we need someone to drive it, because you can't leave vehicles sitting around too long. And it was a stick shift. But a, so that's why they asked me to do it. It's a modern stick shift, though. Yeah, I, 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 I drove it. It was a six-speed. Yes, computerized, though, not cables. Computerized stick shift is what? what that was. And I had that go out on me, and I was at home. I literally, you know where I live, mm -hmm. coasted all the way to work. <laughs> oh, and just and didn't, didn't you put it in any gear? No, I just coasted. It was the middle of the night. There's nobody out there. I'll admit to running some stoplights. <laughs> but I made it. All the way. In women's college basketball at the Division One level, the women cowgirls will host Gonzaga tonight in Laramie in their home opener. UW lost their season opener on the road on Friday to North Dakota 67-55. Douglas native Allison Furtig was saddled with foul trouble. She still had 9 points and 10 rebounds in 14 minutes of play. Gonzaga's 2-0. They're a pretty good shooting team. That's an 8 p.m. start tonight from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. College football, the women cowboys basking in the glow of that 14-13 win over Colorado State in the board award to retain the bronze boot and get to 7-3 overall 5-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. At the quarterback spot, Jaden Clemens came in for the injured Andrew Peasley and was 7 of 11 for 90 yards and threw a fourth quarter touchdown pass to put the pokes ahead for good. Peasley, by the way, is in concussion protocol. It didn't look promising for the Cowboys for long stretches of that game on Saturday, but they managed to find a way to win and head coach Craig Bull certainly appreciated the effort. Great job by players stepping up that were somewhat unknown and made big plays in a big, big game and so uh, can't say enough about our players they have been a really enjoyable team to coach I mean they just I don't know you look out there and they're just a lot of blue collar guys that are 
They're buying in. They play really hard. So after one big game, here comes another as Boise State will arrive in Laramie on Saturday. The Broncos are 7-3 and overall, 6-0 and in Mountain West play. That'll be a 5 p.m. start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. In the NFL, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen lost a tough overtime game to Minnesota on Sunday, 33-30. So the Bills are 6-3. and Now they are in second place in the AFC East behind Miami. Allen did throw for 330 yards in a TD pass, but he also fumbled at his own goal line and threw an interception in overtime to end the game, really on a throw that wasn't very smart. Allen so far has 10 interceptions this season. That's two more than all of last season and has lost three fumbles. Buffalo will host Cleveland this week. In volleyball, two Kelly Walsh high school players from Casper have signed with the Wyoming Calgary program in Laramie. Abby Milby and Peyton Carruth were both three-time All-State selections for the Trojans and propelled their team to the 4A state championship this year with second place finishes in 2021 and 2020. These two will still go to UW after head coach Chad Callahan announced that this will be his final year at the helm of the Calgary program after 10 years on the job. That's it in sports. So how far do you think Josh will take his team this year? Well, it, it, he, he's got to play better. This okay. is two games where he's got to play better. Okay. And and, and yeah. if you ask him, he would tell you the same thing. Okay. Matter of fact, not this last game, the game before, he just said, you know, it was a crappy effort by the quarterback. Okay. So he he makes it into the playoffs anyway. Oh, they'll, 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 they'll get that far. But if yeah. they want to win Super Bowls, they cannot turn the ball over as much as they have them. Okay. So they have how much time to get their act Plenty. together here? Plenty. Plenty of time. Okay, Plenty. that's good news. Plenty. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Frank. We're coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Some people asking me, I got a couple of notes here to answer some questions about who Governor Gordon has been talking to in business with. Some people, you in Wyoming, really not going to. Here's a headline. GOP wants to investigate Governor Gordon's ties to Bill Gates, George Soros, and Warren Buffett. All right, you guys keep asking me. We'll talk about that next hour. Wake up, Wyoming. Call or stop. Six the time. It's a Tuesday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Let's see. There's Mike from Leeds, South Dakota. Northern Black Hills has flurries. 14 inches of? Is that, am I reading that right? Okay. I'll talk to Don Day about the weather. A lot of people did get some snow. I did. Not a whole lot today, though. It's really when we get Wednesday into Thursday that some snow is going to hit and temperatures are really going to drop. Don Day on live with me, 745. We'll talk about all of that with him. All right. Several people have asked me to take a look at this story, and I'm just going by what I've heard so far, in which case I have to just throw it out there. Remember, oftentimes the first thing that you hear and the theories that people have based on it is wrong. So don't assume anything yet. All right. Well, imaginations are going to run wild on this story, but don't assume anything yet. So, again, Cowboys State Daily, Wyoming GOP wants investigation of Governor Gordon's ties to Bill Gates, George Soros, and Warren Buffett. Again, a lot to assume there, right? Well, to give you an idea of what I mean before I get into the story, is a while back in Cheyenne, Wyoming, they had Mayor Orr. And she was all excited 
because New York City mayor at the time was going to hold a contest for cities across America to get involved in. And cities could win the contest and win some financial award with it. And she was excited to be part of that contest. Unfortunately, the New York City mayor at the time, Bloomberg, rich guy, is not someone that people in Wyoming associate with anything you want to get involved in. Even though the contest was a good idea for cities, and she was excited about being a part of the contest and even winning. She didn't win the whole thing, but she would like, Cheyenne was like a runner-up in it. But people in Cheyenne, Wyoming were going, Bloomberg? You're, you're doing business with Bloomberg? And I had said to Mayor Orr at the time, this doesn't look the way you think it looks. You think this looks really good, but it doesn't look good. People in Wyoming are really suspicious of Bloomberg. You shouldn't have done that. She was really confused at it at the time. It was just a, a neat way for Cheyenne to get some national attention and, and win some money for the city to go into the city coffers. That's what she was saying. She didn't see the whole Bloomberg problem at all. And it just was bad optics. Nothing bad was going to happen to Cheyenne. It was just bad optics. Well, let's see what's happening with our governor. The story here says the Wyoming Republican Party wants to investigate Governor Mark Gordon's alleged involvement with the planned Tierra nuclear power plant in Kemmerer. In a resolution passed over the weekend, the party speculates without evidence. Just to put that clear, this is speculation at this point. There may be a relationship between Gordon and the billionaire financier George Soros, Warren Buffett, and Bill Gates. The resolution was passed during Saturday's Wyoming GOP Central Committee meeting in Casper, with a large majority of the 66 members present supporting it. So, Michael Perman, uh, spokesman for Gordon, issued a response on behalf of the governor. Quote, the Central Committee's resolution is confusing, he said. The governor will continue his efforts to ensure Wyoming's coal miners keep working, its energy industries remain healthy and strong, and continues to push back against the Biden administration's intent to damage the industries that are the backbone of our state's economy. Representatives of Tierra Power refused to comment on this. And just to pause here, I took a look at what the governor's been doing in defending our own industries here in Wyoming and thought, okay, on one hand, he's fought well, but on the other hand, quit doing things like carbon sequestration in Wyoming. And don't take any money from the federal government for things like uh, electric charging stations and wind and solar power and so on. Reject that money. It's not just, it's not free money. It comes with strings attached. But reading on, the story says, Gordon has spoken on behalf of Tierra Power Project on numerous occasions, touting its benefit to Wyoming's economy and a replacement for local jobs lost from the coal industry. A Pacific Corp-owned fuel power plant in Kemmerer is slated to retire soon. So a coal plant is retiring, but they get a nuclear plant to replace it, right? Quote, Lincoln County has its own coal mine, which is being threatened, said Marty Halverson, chairperson of the Lincoln County Republican Party. 
The resolution accuses former President Barack Obama of unilaterally crashing the call market during his presidency, which led to some suspicious characters buying up much of Wyoming's coal industry. Soros, for example, invested more than $2 million in Peabody Energy and Arch Coal in 2015. Another $4.7 million in Peabody in 2017. Peabody and Arch are Wyoming's two largest coal producers. In July, the companies reported significant revenues each year, year over year, quarterly increase about a billion dollars, thanks to high market prices spurred by increased coal demand. Yes, coal demand is on the upswing, not down especially internationally, but even here at home. The resolution was initially put forward by Lincoln County Republican Party. Halverson provided no evidence behind any of the resolutions, but he said he trusts that members of the party who originally drafted the resolution will look into it. It seems very likely that this was planned amongst the uh, subversive enemies of freedom, he said, the resolution reads. So, in other words, he's asking why has the governor done business or appears to be doing business with these people, or so it appears to him, but he he doesn't cite any evidence behind it, so he wants it to be investigated. When Cowboy State Daily asked Halverson to clarify her stance on the uh, Terra Power nuclear project. She said she is unsure how she feels about it and needs to do more research. Bill Gates funded Terra Power and has spoken on behalf of the project on a number of occasions. Terra Power is in partnership with Pacific Corps to bring uh, the Natrium power plant to Kemmerer. So part of the story here, and I'm not so sure, I haven't heard this before, but okay, $5,000 donation. Resolution also claims a nuclear facility is made in China. Natrium will depend on a higher enriched nuclear fuel, which is only currently made in China and Russia within President Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which, of course, as you know, has nothing to do with reducing inflation. It's a basically a Green New Deal bill. So another lie. But all right. $700 million in research and development for that kind of fuel to be made here in America. That establishes that we're going to have a U.S.-based fuel for Natrium. Terra Power CEO Chris Loveschool said in a September Wyoming Public Radio interview, which I look at and I think, once again, why do we need the government to give us that money? These are private industries that have the money to do it themselves, so let them do it. Congress and the Department of Energy under the Biden administration have also taken steps to continue supporting the development and advancement of nuclear technologies as part of a suite of solutions where they want to go carbon free, you know. One of the inspirations behind the resolution was a $5,000 donation, $5, donation to Pacific Corp Rocky Mountain Political Action Committee made by Gordon through his reelect campaign. Rocky Mountain Power is a division of Pacific Corp. Quote, I think it's always appropriate to investigate campaign finances out of state money, said Doug Berkman, a committee man from Platte County. So Pacific Corp is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, a holding company which Buffett is CEO and chairman of. Once the project in Kemmerer is finished, the power plant, which Air Power aims to complete by 2028 with the backing of the federal government, 
It'll be handed off to Pacific Corp, Rocky Mountain Power Unit. So some other demands. Resolution put forward by the GOP holds no legal authority and are merely an assertion of the party's position. The party also passed a resolution Saturday demanding the Bureau of Land Management turn over management of all of its federal lands to Wyoming, to the state and other areas. Uh, for those uh, still in custody waiting, well, waiting to find, and there's other things in the resolution I'm not going to get into, but so we can get basically busy with coal, gas, and oil here in the state of Wyoming. But it gets in, the resolution gets into the January 6th committee and all sorts of other things as well. So the Soros connection. The resolution asks why these Soros-owned entities are chief supporters of Gordon's campaign. That's a big question, which, again, a lot of like the story I told you about in Cheyenne. Why would you enter a contest, the city of Cheyenne, in a contest run by Bloomberg? Well, the resolution asks why these Soros-owned entities are chief supporters of Gordon's campaign. The alleged Soros connections to Gordon wasn't made clear in the resolution or during the committee meeting. It's unknown as to which entities allegedly owned by Soros or what the statement refers to near Peabody or Arch or any other coal companies. So once again, they're asking questions that, uh, hey, Gordon, you seem to be involved in dealings and even getting money from people and organizations that are in league with Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and George Soros. Any connection? Well, there isn't any evidence whatsoever of any kind of connection at all. But they're asking the questions so they'll investigate. Which is one of the reasons I say to you, when you see a story like this, I know there's right away the conspiracy mindset goes off the rails on something like this. And my answer is, somebody asks some questions, that means nothing. There is no evidence of anything. So wait. And I know that's difficult to do. I know that's really difficult to do. But wait. You don't know anything yet. Even the people asking the questions don't know anything yet. There's no connections to make at this point. There's no evidence on the table. Okay. So, yeah, it's hard for your brain to do this, but wait. 718 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS, wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. I'm going to take this next segment to show you everything that everybody got wrong. And here has, once again, all speculation is meaningless. So there was a story that came up on AP News. Let me just pause right there. If you see something on AP News, immediately suspect it. Not only do they get a lot wrong, but they're also very biased. So I see it both. I see sloppy, if you can even call it journalism, with AP News. Just sloppy. And then oftentimes very biased. So this headline pops up last night. Hobbs wins Arizona governor race, flips the state for Democrats. Okay. So in Phoenix, Katie Hobbs, and I'm reading from AP News, was elected Arizona governor on Monday, defeating the ally of Donald Trump. And this is, they, they, always, they always have to put in the 2020 election and, you know, to talk about what they say, false claims, and it's all a one-sided story here. Well, hold on just one minute here. 
Yes, it does look like when you, we take a look at the initial numbers that have come in that Kerry Lake, who I personally have been rooting for to win that race, I really did like a lot of uh, what she said and how she fought. I didn't always agree with everything she said, but there's a lot of things about her that I really like. It may look like, oh, wow, she didn't, uh, she didn't win the race. But, but Arizona's counting has been sloppy, really bad. It's a mess. And the race is still so close that it, there's calls for a recount. And no matter who might have won this thing, there was going to be a recount call and lawsuits because of this. So because of sloppy vote counting and handling, and because of the tightness of this race, you haven't heard the last of this yet. Now, that doesn't mean that the Republican Carrie Lake wins. Doesn't mean that she loses either. But in looking at the, um, and, and Carrie has not, Carrie Lake at this point, has not conceded anything that I've seen at this point anyway. But here is the Associated Press, and they write a story that not only do they get it wrong, they act like this is all over, that this is done, it's over. First problem, again, is you're going to have to have a recount, and lawsuits are being filed. So this is, hey, sorry, Associated Press, this is not over. Then they get into the whole 2020 election thing, and they, they start getting into who lied about what, and they, they attack Trump in the story. And it's kind of a lengthy AP story filled with just massive bias throughout the entire thing. So once again, I take a look at a news source that is used a lot around the country, which is AP News. And I think premature, got a lot wrong, completely left-sided bias. I don't trust them as a news source in America anywhere. And I know a lot of Wyoming news outlets use AP News. In which case, whenever I see an AP story, I always stop and kind of comb through it. Because there's usually a few facts in there. But then after that, they just fall off the rails. So let's go back to, again, Arizona and what we're going to have to deal with in the next, I would say, weeks, if not months in Arizona. Because the initial count, the way votes, especially absentee ballots, have been counted. And we, this is one of those states we've been waiting on for a while. Can they get through these ballots? There have been problems. And so that's what's going to be questioned here. Why all of the problems? Why so sloppy, Arizona? And it was one, and I'm trying to remember, was a senator or who was it from Arizona who said that Arizona start, needs to clean up its act in the same way that Florida did. Because at one point, Florida was just horrible when it came to counting votes. And then they finally cleaned up their act, and now they Florida has it together. You can pretty much rely on Florida's ability to properly count, tabulate the votes, and tell you who actually won. Arizona's having some problems. This was really mismanaged. So if you hear from news outlets, and you will be hearing today, if you haven't already, that Kerry Lake lost and the Democrat won for governor, they're leaving out a whole lot here in that story, just like AP News just did. Maybe they don't want to stop and, and take a look at how sloppy Arizona's counting really was, how close the race is, which means there's got to be a recount in all of this. The lawsuits that 
will be filed and pretty much have to be filed because of it. That's your typical news media for you. But then again, remember, news media, th these are the people that had all of the polls out in advance who told you that this election was going to go a completely different way than it actually went. You can see why when it comes to news media, why I have trust issues. Just add this to the list of trust issues. Coming up on 730, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Now, we are in for a serious cold snap later this week. Don Day's coming on at 745 to talk about that. That does come with some snow in the area, too. Let's wake up, Wyoming. the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six at times. Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So your Senator Lummis has breaking away from Donald Trump and is talking up DeSantis at this point. And there's quite a few people who are. And it's not that people are not grateful for what Trump got done while he was president, but wanting maybe to move on from the drama is the way I see it anyway. Here's the story. Again, they're just really cleaning everybody else's clocks news-wise, Cowboy State Daily. U.S. Senator Cynthia Lummis has signaled a departure from former President Donald Trump, saying she views Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as the leader of the Republican Party. When asked if she'd endorse Trump, who, by the way, he might, might make an announcement that he's going to run again. Trump will tonight. We'll see. She no longer views the former president as the head of the GOP. Here's a quote. I don't think that's the right question, she said. I think the question is, who is the current leader of the Republican Party? Oh, I think it's Ron DeSantis, she said, answering her own question. She said, quote, I'm saying currently Ron DeSantis is the leader of the Republican Party, whether he wants to be or not. A spokesperson, a spokesperson for Lummis. I can't say spokes. Let me try that again. Spokesperson. <clears throat> Sorry, I had trouble getting that out. Fort Lummis confirmed at Cowboy State Daily that the statements were correct. So she made those statements and then someone from Cowboy State Daily called and said, did she really say that? Yes, she did. DeSantis has emerged as a rival for Trump. Most recently, demolishing his Democrat opponent by 20 points in his re-election bid. Many have opted that DeSantis should be the Republican nominee in 2024. Now, I actually said that, too. I would like to see a DeSantis-Christy Nome ticket. What I'm interested in is, what would actually win? Because we've seen in this last, pres this last election cycle, yeah, the Republicans gained some ground around the country and in the House and Senate, but barely. They barely moved. It really was not that red wave that you were told all about that you were supposed to get all excited about. Obviously, it didn't happen. It looks to me like the Republicans will have control of the House, not the Senate, though. Where was the big red wave, right? So how do we get the House and the Senate and then the president at the same time? How do we get all of that, sweep them all? 
Well, I look back to, and you've heard me say this before, back when Ronald Reagan was running for re-election, he won 49 out of 50 states. Landslides, 49 out of 50 states. Which means he not only got all of the Republicans to vote for him, but many Democrats voted for Ronald Reagan as well. So you're looking for a ticket that can do that. That that many people, not just Republicans, every Republican votes for him, but many Democrats as well. You want that kind of a movement across the country. And so the idea of a DeSantis Christie Nome, yeah, I remember talking about that a while back, and I, I noticed other people were floating the same idea. So two years is a long way off. I hate talking about presidential elections now because already, already, news organizations are throwing up, well, who's going to be running in 2024? I mean, enough. Give us a break already, right? But that even I look at as that wouldn't be a bad ticket at all. DeSantis, well, and then it goes into what the polls say and so on, and, and who really cares about the polls. Well, that, no, that's one of the big things that happens in this story and many other stories. Well, the polls show how really accurate were the polls in this last election? Right. They weren't. They were just garbage, as they usually are, which is why I tell you the polls don't matter. They don't mean anything. And yet so much of television news, whatever you read for news, radio talk show hosts are constantly saying, well, the polls show, the polls show, the polls show. The polls are garbage. They don't mean a thing. Besides, do you really need a poll to tell you how you're supposed to think? Yeah, just make up your own mind and forget. If the polls are right and you seem to be in disagreement with everybody else, well, then you just go with that if that's what you think. You make up your own mind, decide for yourself, and forget what everybody's trying to convince you that everybody else is thinking. Whenever I make a decision... I don't go consulting what everybody else thinks to find out if that's the decision I should be making. I don't care what everybody else thinks. I use my own intellect to make my own decisions. That's how I do it. What everybody else in the world is thinking is not of any concern of mine. And that's what I would encourage you to do the same thing as well. So it's really way too far out there. And I don't even know Trump is supposed to make an announcement tonight. Does he announce that he's running again or not? Don't know. We'll find out tonight. 742, wake up Wyoming. Talk radio's your day with Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Don Day with us to explain the weather. So it was. Um, I'm going to use the word snot on the radio, Don. Okay. Okay. Because that was the level of slickness when I wrote in this morning. Just a nice fine layer of white powder makes it slick as snot out there. Yeah, and uh, this is when we talk a lot of times that. It's deceiving, just a little bit of snow sometimes, especially when we get these cold temperatures like this, can make it deceptively icy and slick. And uh, we're certainly going to see that again with this next Arctic surge coming in late tomorrow and tomorrow night and into the day Thursday, because it's going to produce about one to three inches of snow on the plains. Again, it's not going to be a lot, but the Arctic air that's driving in this uh, very cold air mass and light snow is 
going to cause the snow that gets compacted on the roads to not necessarily melt, but when you pack right. it down, it quickly becomes that very slick surface. Does it get warm enough today for what happened in some areas last night to melt off? Yeah, it'll okay. be enough, especially with a little bit of sun. That, that'll be enough. So that dusting of snow that came last night is is by later this morning yeah. uh, should be should be gone. But okay. the next little round is going to be a bit more potent. Okay, so the next little round comes in when and how? Late. So from the north to the south. Okay. So it's going to be felt up north first. Uh, early tomorrow, snow will be falling in Cody and Powell and Sheridan and Gillette and on the way to Sundance and on to the Black Hills there. So as the day progresses tomorrow, that front will get into Casper by mid to late afternoon. Then it's going to get down to Larrabee to Cheyenne by late tomorrow evening. So the snow will, and the cold will come north to south in about that fashion. Okay. Now, as this moves in, again, so you keep saying there's not a lot. I guess a lot in the higher elevations, right? The, this is a really good pattern to make it snow in some of Wyoming's mountain okay. ranges, in particular the Bighorns. I got a report this morning from up not far from Burgess Junction, 17 inches of snow yesterday. Oh, wow. And this type of the way the direction of the winds aloft are with these Arctic fronts, the Bighorns later on, the snowy range, even Casper Mountain um, is going to do well. This is not a great pattern for, let's say, the Tetons or Yellowstone. Um, the, the Bear Tooth will do well, or the Wind Rivers. But those north central and south central Wyoming mountains will see some pretty good snow. Okay. Does this front come blowing in or creeping in? Eh, somewhere in between. Oh, somewhere in between. Okay. Well, I just expected you know, when, you, when we have a temperature that drops this much, that it might come blowing in rather harshly. There'll be some pretty gusty north winds as it initially comes on in. But yeah. we're going to be 30s starting ahead of this front instead of let's say the 50s or 60s okay. if it's if it's really warm out ahead of that front uh which it won't be is when you tend to have those bigger winds right and some of the temperatures you're expecting i don't expect for most of the day thursday most of the state will just be in the teens thursday night especially if we get this little bit of snow i expect many areas to be around zero or a little below zero thursday night into friday morning. okay and whose fault yep yeah, okay. They're not even a real country anyway. So, okay, just expect that over the next couple of days. That's what we're getting into. Canada's fall. Off we go. To talk to Frank, who's over there in the icebox, which will literally be that as we get into like Thursday, Friday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when temperatures drop that much. We all done with outdoor sports? Um, for the yes. Okay. Well, I mean, no. no. I mean, at the college level, they're still going to play. At the high school level, they're done. Right. Okay. So, so like the Cowboys have a game at home in Larry on Saturday nights. Ah, okay. Uh, against Boise State, it's a huge game. Yeah. And maybe it'll be like. Zero. Ah, uh, could Who be. Knows? Yeah, actually like zero. Now, let, real quick, I'm actually going to, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Frank. I'm going to ask you a real sports question this time. Okay. All right. So when we cut, look at the high school level across the state of Wyoming, we have a bit of a pause here into the holidays, right? Right. They won't start like basketball practices and, you know, wrestling practices until the, the, begin, the beginning of next month. 
Okay. And that's so, all indoor stuff. That's good All too. indoor so stuff, you know, gonna, so we're going to... We get through the holidays, and then sports picks back up again in high school. Absolutely. In the meantime, I see on Wild Preps, there are quite a few people that are signing documents. Yes, and the, the, this is the, the early signing period for uh, yeah. student-athletes to sign with colleges. They can do it again in, in February also. So this is the chance that, you know what, if, you, if you're already made a decision... And you know you agree to agree kind of things. Then you you just you know you sign your letters of intent. Right. You have your picture taken. Everyone loves you. Yes. And let's move on with the rest of your life. Okay. So that's all what's happening within the next month or so here. So this is why I kind of suspected that you have some break time coming up. It's now. It's really now or never. You yes. mean you you'll get some time over Christmas, give or take not a few days. Yeah. But really for me, it's yeah. There's a now. bit of a lull here in the action, so you take off. Get a little bit of vacation time in, then come back, rinse and repeat, doing all over again. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's the way we. That's the way we roll. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls will host Gonzaga tonight in Laramie in their home opener. UW lost their season opener on the road, 67-55, the North Dakota on Friday. Douglas native Allison Furtig was saddled with foul trouble. She still had nine points and ten rebounds in 14 minutes. Gonzaga's 2-0, and and they're a pretty good shooting team. That's an 8 p.m. start tonight from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys basking in the glow of that 14-13 win over Colorado State in the border war to retain the bronze boot and get the 7-3 overall. All five and one in Mountain West play. At the quarterback spot, Jaden Clemens came in for the injured Andrew Peasley. He was seven of 11 for 90 yards and threw a fourth quarter touchdown pass. Peasley, by the way, is in concussion protocol. And for that game, it really didn't look promising for the Cowboys for long stretches, but you know what? They managed to find a way to win. So after one big game, here comes another as Boise State comes to Laramie on Saturday night. The Broncos are seven and three overall, six and oh in Mountain West play. They have a quarterback and redshirt freshman, Taylor Green, who reminds UW head coach of a young Josh Allen. From a guy who recruited Josh and coached Josh, uh, pretty pretty bold statements on my part. But I, I've seen him throw the ball flick at 68 yards. Uh, he's six foot six. He's got a good completion percentage. Uh, he's unbelievably mobile. He's aggressive. His height and his leverage allows him to make plays that and throws that I would say I would not allow our quarterback to make. It'll be a 5 p.m. start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. This is a huge game. Speaking of Josh Allen, he lost a tough overtime game to Minnesota on Sunday, 33-30, so the Bills are 6-3. and They are now in second place in the AFC East behind Miami. Allen did throw for 330 yards and a touchdown, but also fumbled at his own goal line and threw an interception in overtime to end the game on a throw that wasn't very smart. Allen so far has 10 interceptions this season, which is two more than all of last season, and he's lost three fumbles this year. Buffalo will host Cleveland this week. In volleyball, Two Kelly Walsh High School players from Casper signed with the Wyoming Cowgirl program at Larry. Abby Milby and Peyton Carruth were both three-time All-State selections for the Trojans and propelled their team to the 4A state championship this season and second-place finishes in 2021 and 2020. Those two will still go to UW even after head coach Chad Callahan announced that this will be his final year at the helm of the Cowgirl program after 10 seasons on the job. And that's it in sports. Any idea who's going to be playing Thanksgiving? I gotta look it up. Okay, because we're about a, well a little over a week out here, so I was assuming oh, that's they, been lined oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a surprise. Thank goodness for the late game on Thanksgiving Thursday. You know, the NFL usually yeah. only have two games, and then there was no late football game, and everyone right. kind of looked at each other, going, yeah. "All right, we're well, now. What are we?" Yeah. See, now that, there's the problem. There. That's what football is for, because right? you don't want to actually have to talk to your family. No, 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 no. No, it, it is. A staple of Thanksgiving. Yeah, if you can sit there and cheer your favorite team with your family, great. But if you actually have to 
talk to them. It's not going to end well. Well, no, no. And then you, what you do is you go to the basement and watch the game. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, that, that's what that's for there. Americans as families, I mean, we were in big trouble until someone invented football. Oh. And it solved everything. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We'll roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phone. So it doesn't matter what I talk about. You can just jump in and interrupt me if you want. 888 Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It is a Tuesday, and I have some media mess to clean up. What I mean by that is there's several media stories out there that are just flat out wrong. We're going to pour through them. But then again, inaccuracy in the media is what you expect at this point, right? I mean, it's not unusual. It's what you expect. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Last hour of the program, I told you guys, AP News Story, that said Carrie Lake, that's the Republican from Arizona who was running for office Democrat, right? I'm sorry, uh, she's against the Democrats. She's a Republican. Carrie Lake is a Republican. And they called the race, AP News did, for the Democrat. And I said, hold on. You know, I know as the numbers come in, the initial numbers show that the Democrat won, like, barely. But hang on. We've got some problems here with the way the votes have been counted, which are go that's going to be challenged. But also, we're so close, we have to have an automatic recount anyway. So this is way too early to call this race. But there are already news media, starting with AP, but other news media as well. Nope, nope, nope. Democrat has it. Okay. A tweet from Carrie Lake just came out. Arizonans know BS when they see it. Republican Carrie Lake is not wilting after projections emerge Monday. Projections, mind you, that she will lose the governor's race. So she put out that tweet. They know BS when they see it. During the campaign, frequently questioned the integrity, and it goes into the 2020 elections. Um, okay, they, they have a lot of background story. Associated Press explained its call for Hobbs saying the latest round of vote releases give her a big enough lead. They determined that she would not relinquish it. She would have. AP numbers posted in New York Times Monday gave Hobbs a margin of about 20,000 votes. Of the roughly 2.5 million, with 95% uh, of the precincts reported. Okay, but, um, and of course, they have both candidates here with their statements. Well, again, we have to back up, hold on a minute, and there's all sorts of tweets going back and forth. Hang on. We have a problem. As if you've been watching this, the Arizona race 
the way they've counted the votes has been a mess. So that will be challenged. Also, so close, there's going to be a recount. So how can AP call it? And other news organizations just kind of went with that, too. So that's the first mess I wanted to put aside. That, no, this is not done yet. You're going to be hearing about Arizona for the next few months between uh, recounts and lawsuits. You're going to be hearing about this. We're not done. And I'm not saying that Carrie Lake has won it, but I'm not saying that she's lost it either. I'm doing what the news media should be doing. We don't know yet. We don't know what's happened yet. So we're just going to have to wait. I did notice that the AP News story has to take the opportunity to take digs at Carrie Lake like they were anyway during the campaign. So it's a completely biased news story. All right, another one here. Uh, this, which way do I go? Let's start here with rodeos. Hey, rodeo fans out there and those who participate in rodeos. Headline, again, Cowboy State Daily. California town starting to ban rodeos. And the CEO of Frontier Day says that threatens the Western way of life. So to anybody who in, is in California, and I know California has a very large, uh, n not just cowboy community, but farming community as well. In fact, for the longest time, the Central Valley of California was a big part of the breadbasket of America until they started diverting the water to save that little guppy fish, the Delta Schmelt. But a lot of California is farming and ranching, a huge area of it. If there's any cowboys, though, that have had just about enough of California, you know, Wyoming is the cowboy state. Just tossing that out there to you. Story says efforts to ban rodeo in some California communities will spread to Wyoming eventually, according to the National Animal Rights Advocacy Groups. Leaders of the... Uh, what? Almedia County, California, recently banned wild cow milking, a timed event, which, uh, and the athlete ropes and milks the cow, lactating cows, that are accustomed to more humane handling, they say. The event is not popular in Frontier Days. Years ago, the county in California also banned mutton busting when children ride sheep. City Council in Los Angeles also contemplating an ordinance that could eliminate rodeo altogether within the city limits. A ban on rodeo equipment as well. Quote, Wyoming is going to be impacted because the country is being impacted as people become more concerned about the care and treatment of animals, said President of Showing Animals Respect and Kindness or Shark. He said he's not outright opposed to rodeo, but believes it's fraught with inhumane practices. If these practices, such as using electric shock rods during horse races, were eliminated altogether, the rodeo industry would face uh, less pressure, he said. But it could reverse the course of it could even reverse the course of growing opposition now. Whether it comes from California or another direction, change is coming, he says. Cheyenne Frontier Days itself, the world's largest rodeo. Locals and tourists flock, they flock to Cheyenne every July, of course, as you know, for the event. Frontier Days CEO also believes actions in California will impact Wyoming 
if California cities start shutting down rodeos. But unlike this guy, uh, Hindi, that I was mentioning before, he hopes it doesn't. Quote, as somebody of the states or some of the counties start taking things like that away, you never know what other entities are going to do. He says it's certainly not something we like to see because California, there are some very historic type rodeos in that place. He has um, referencing the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo, which features the talent of the African-American community, cowboys and cowgirls, and celebrate black and Western heritage. One of the rodeo's main events happens to be in Oakland, the county seat. Um, Oakland is the county seat of the county in question in California. The ban movement does threaten the Western way of life to a certain degree, he said. He also said the rodeo is a celebration of Western living. Remember a while back, it was... University of Wyoming wanted to put out, and they did put out a commercial, The World Needs More Cowboys. And even from within the state of Wyoming, there were those who objected to it, mostly from the University of Wyoming, who objected, we need more cowboys. Why, do you understand what cowboys represent? Yes, we do, as a matter of fact. And you guys completely misunderstand what they represent. But, okay, here comes the push from animal rights activists, as they've been pushing for years, to end rodeos. And they can't just end them outright, so they start working on one event at a time, banning them, in the hopes that it continues across the country. 815, Wake Up Wyoming. Here's your morning update. Chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Is the time it's wake up, Wyoming. Carrie's on the phone, wants to talk about the World Health Organization. Morning, Carrie. Good morning, Glenn. How are you today? Good, sir. What you got? Hey, um, have you noticed? Uh, I don't listen to a lot of news, but have you noticed how a lot of the news stories at night they are like saying, um, you know, the guidelines for um, let's just say for like kids. Uh, recommendation for exercise and also for maybe dietary guidelines and all that comes from our Department of Agriculture and Health and Human Services. But have you noticed that more and more they're not they're not um, they're not citing anything from our health department, National Health Department anymore. Hmm. They what they're doing they're saying the WHO recommends this. Right. The WHO is setting guidelines for this. And it just seems like it's where America, or at least the mainstream media, is starting to to steer that way for the uh, toward the WHO's guidelines and recommendations, I rather really, than our National Department of Agriculture and Health and Human Services. I really hadn't thought about it, but now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to start paying attention to that to see how often do they mention what our own health organization in D.C. has to say, or for that matter. How often do they mention independent organizations that are not government organizations who often disagree? That's true. Um, I, I, I've heard those independents uh, kind of like the uh, scientific things, you know, is always brought up by the media. Um, but but it, it seems like since July, August, as we got closer and closer to um, our elections, that CBS, uh, see, uh, not that I listen to these, but a lot of these uh, 
guidelines are coming from the WHO right. broadcasted from these other organizations. Okay, yeah. And you'll notice, in that, if that's what's happening, then news media outlets will get in lockstep and all report the same thing and all not report anyone else. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I remember even as a kid watching the news, you know, hey, hey kids, you know that the National, the Department of Health and Welfare, uh, they recommend you do this, you do right. that. And then now, fast forward 40 years later, you know, we're hearing a lot of the WHO is recommending yeah. this. The WHO, the World Health, World Health Organization. Organization, yeah. As if they're the ultimate authority. And you know, of course, Carrie, if they're the ultimate authority at the World Health Organization, then they're not at all corrupt. There's no money in it for them. There's no political motivation. I mean, it's a World Health Organization. So everything they do is perfectly pure, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I think when uh, President Trump pulled the funding from that, I think it was, I can't recall the billions of dollars. Yeah. But once when we pulled that, I think the uh, their their intake of money went down by half. Right. That's, that's about right. The World right, yeah. Health Organization needs to be funded by every country. If that's right. truly a World Health Organization, it should be equal. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to start paying attention to it because I bet you're correct in what you've noticed here. I have noticed when it comes to any kind of science, of anything, on any topic, that there's certain approved, not just government approved, but media approved outlets to report from, and anyone else has to be ignored. Right, and then the, my point of this whole thing is just that it's just all funneling down to what so many people want throughout the world is globalism. You know, right. one world order, uh, one country, one president, just fun, just another thing that we're being spoon-fed, start listening to these little bits and everything to prepare us for, you know, globalism and the uh, one world order one all day. Right. Let me build on that thought. That's a good thought. I'm glad you put that in my head. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, Carrie, All right. You have a good day. Go you ahead. too. Carrie's calling. He's way down there in LaPorte, which is around the Fort Collins area is where he's calling from in Colorado. So, okay. <clears throat> Let's take a look at it because I, I think now that he mentions it, it seems that I'll have to check. How often do news organizations ever bring up any other health organization other than the World Health Organization. I know they bring up the CDC, our Center for Disease Control. But what about independent? Now, independent if they agree with the official narrative. But what about when someone comes along and says, hey, I found something different? Because there's all sorts of independent scientists out there. Some work for universities. Some are even just amateur independent workers, thinkers. And oftentimes, some of our greatest discoveries, pick a topic. It doesn't have to be health. It could be climate, but it could be anything else. Pick any kind of scientific topic. Some of the greatest discoveries ever made were made by independent people, independent thinkers. They weren't always aligned with a government organization. And in many cases, when somebody who is an independent thinker has come up with some, some kind of a discovery out there, some kind of a discovery, whatever it is that they have discovered went against the grain and was ridiculed for quite a while until eventually it was proven, oh, what do you know, this guy's right. And then slowly, slowly universities caught up and other organizations, 
you know, not just federal, but World Health Organizations or World Scientific Organizations started catching up. The media eventually was in there. So little but little by little, they start to catch up after a lot of independent thinkers have finally proven them wrong over time. But it's hard to do, isn't it? Especially in today's media outlets that we have that work so closely with government, it seems. It's very difficult for independent thinkers to get the word out there about discoveries they've made, which we should be talking about. Luke is in Cheyenne. Morning, Luke. Hey, morning, Glenn. Um, Appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to make a comment. Um, I'm just asking conservative folks in in Wyoming to reach out to Senator Brasso's office and and leave him a message. Obviously, it's hard to get him live, but um, just because, you know, he's, he's, it, he's kind of a lieutenant, if you will, of, of Mitch McConnell. And he's always been very supportive of him. And my frustration comes that now that with the fallout of the election and seeing the, how poorly the Republicans really did, when you look at the situation where McConnell you know, pulled funding from Lake Masters in Arizona, he pulled funding from New Hampshire, Georgia, Alaska, from candidates that he knew and who were vocal that said they would not vote him to be the majority leader in the Senate, you know, he, he was, he's more concerned about his own political power than he is, than he was, you know, taking over the Senate and having control of the Senate. And I just have a fundamental problem with that. And, and, you know, if you're good enough to be the majority leader, then obviously you've got to win people over. Um, but to go and play games with the, with the funding, that's what costs, costs the Republicans the election and, okay. you know, the ability to, to take over the the Senate, especially in a situation where we've got a, an incompetent administration and, and, you know, gas prices, inflation. I mean, we know the long list of challenges we face. And so he's, you know, he's, it sounds like he's still going to support uh, Mitch McConnell to be the majority leader. We need right. a leadership change and people need to be vocal about it. Okay. So you want people to get a hold of Senator Barrasso's office and say somebody, not Mitch McConnell. Absolutely. And if he pulls this and says, well, nobody's willing to step up, then he should step up. Okay. Somebody needs to step up and be a leader. Right. Well, Barrasso certainly has been on camera enough that everybody knows him. <laughs> but you got to wonder. He stands over the right shoulder of Mitch McConnell every time. Every time. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Anybody knows, if you see on television news any channel where they show the Republican leadership in the Senate, Mitch McConnell's at the microphone and Barrasso's standing right behind him. So every right, time. let's yep. see who responds. All right. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. That's news time. Right after that, we get into uh, weather forecast. Nice long segment of open phones. So, Jay in, in Casper, Wyoming, I see what you're saying about plastic. And I'm going to bring that up next because you're right. The horror, the heart of it all. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS.
Wake up Wyoming, 836 the time. Triple Eight ninety seven with the phone number, just like the last two calls we got, Carrie and Luke. Triple Eight ninety seven Woods. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. Uh, so earlier this morning, I was pointing out there's a group still pushing to end up well, end all leasing for oil. Right, just keep petroleum in the ground, just keeping it, and we don't need it. And I pointed out that these people are going to have a real hard time. I mean, a seriously hard time living without this stuff. In fact, I think we should show them. Let's take a little corner of Wyoming, just a space somewhere in Wyoming. I'm sure we can manage somewhere. We're big enough. And just plop them down in there, and you are not allowed to live using anything that is petroleum-based in any way. And let's see how well they do. They might change their minds. Well, Jay in Casper, Wyoming. Glenn, hang on, this just jumped to me. It hit me this morning that the jar that holds my peanut butter is plastic, made from oil. Oh, the horror, the horror. Even if you had a glass jar, even if you had a glass jar, they use petroleum to make things like that today. So they're screwed no matter what. They can't even have peanut butter. Mike is in Gillette. Morning, Mike. Hey, Glenn. Uh, I was just noticing a Yahoo article about Mexico announcing that they're wanting to, uh, and they're kind of doing this in conjunction with John Kerry, that they're going to dramatically increase the amount of power they get from renewable sources of energy. Oh, great. So yeah. They're, they're wanting to go with uh, wind, solar, geothermal, and uh-huh. hydropower. Okay. I didn't know they had any rivers in uh, Mexico. Oh, but, Mexico. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of mountains in some areas, so they can do that. <laughs> yeah, one or two. <laughs> So, so anyhow, I just kind of giving you a heads up. You might want to okay. look up that article on uh, Yahoo News and whatnot. And uh, okay, uh, it, it's pretty interesting because in seven years, of course, conveniently, John Kerry's signing his name, I think, on the bottom of all them checks there at that three hundred and sixty-eight thousand million dollars of uh, climate change money that they're throwing around. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why Mexico. Wait, say that last part again. You kind of uh, faded out of me. Uh, I wonder if that's why Mexico is wanting to get a little piece of that pie. Yeah, I, okay. As you were uh, explaining, yeah, as you were explaining what Mexico is going to do, I started to wonder that right away. There's quite a few countries out there who would normally never get into the renewable thing, but all of a sudden, here comes not just John Kerry. But here comes Joe Biden and some other countries promising billions of dollars. They will just hand these countries that they go ahead and put up wind and solar power. What do you do when the subsidies run out? Well, yeah, you know, they're just and it's like, what do they need the electricity for? I don't know too many, you know, sorry to be kind of I don't know if I'm being racist or what, but. There's a whole lot of poor Mexicans down there that they don't even use electricity, do they? No, not a lot. In fact, there's even, and this is at this recent climate summit, there's some African nations that turn to the climate summit. We don't need your wind and solar. Bring us some coal-fired power plants. We have people here without electricity, without basic things that you guys have in the West. We need some coal-fired power plants. We need something reliable. There was not a popular thing for them to say, but they said it. There you go. All right. At least the honesty comes out a little bit. Thanks, bud. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. I want to point out something that just happened there during the course of the last half hour. Hey, Miss Mary, did you notice? This is what I like about this program, the reach of it. 
So we got a call from Laporte, which is way down in Colorado, way down in Colorado. Okay. Then from Cheyenne, and that was from Gillette. That's where I've told people before this program, because of, first off, just the radio stations, is from the Montana border down into Colorado, down past Denver, and just as wide. And then the number of people who listen on the apps. So, okay, uh, he is called... Oh, okay. Uh, Wild Transplant in Cheyenne. Check out a guy named Marion Tubby. He has a book called Super Abundance. It fits right in with a lot of your climate change discussion. Also, I'll check out that one, Wild Transplant. But also, if you would check out a book called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, it also goes along the lines of what we're talking about this morning. So try the moral case for fossil fuels. It describes a lot of what we've been talking about today. By the way, I do have an update on that Fed plan to bring EV charging stations to Wyoming. Oh, trust me, you're, you're going to love as the other shoe begins to drop. Judy's in Casper. Hi, Judy. Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Morning. Um, I just wanted to share with your listeners, since you're on the energy uh, thing right now. Yeah, it was Barrasso, and it was Gordon, and it was uh, Cynthia Loomis that are backing up the nuclear plants for Wyoming. Okay. And the reason I can say this is if you go to, um, I think you remember her. Uh, she does a website for Wyoming on bills and all that good stuff. Right called wyomingtransparency.com. Okay, yep. She has a whole deal uh, on nuclear energy reactors proposed for Wyoming. She's got a whole section here, and it goes back from January 4th all the way to June 2021. And she's got most of the information that I think your caller was looking for on who's backing up all the nuclear energy in Wyoming. Okay. And yes, it's Warren Buffett and uh, Shyster uh, uh, Great Gate. Yeah, Bill Gates. And, uh, yeah. I think he was a Soros was a big donor to Peabody Energy, which is right. kind of like a, what is the other one, Pacific Court or whatever right. it is. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah Soros That's bought that. into a lot of that. Yeah, he he bought a whole lot of stock in in those companies. Yeah, and um, the point I'm trying to make is. I don't know where they're getting the idea. Okay, because uh, even the articles that I found this morning after you started talking about it was saying that there is 2,000 jobs to uh, make the plant, and then it's about 200 jobs afterwards. How is that going to replace our coal and oil industry? It's not. Right. And while everybody loves the idea of nuclear plants, they still got to bury their rod somewhere, and that's in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now that they're you know, there's talk that they want to make Cheney Speaker of the House, and that's why Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and said, "No, no, no, we got to back up yeah. uh, McCarthy." Well, I I don't know how that works, but I don't think she could garner enough support in the Republican right. Party to get it. But I think that's kind of their plan. And as far as anyone that's a true patriot, true Trump supporter, DeSantis isn't going to peel off much of us. I mean, we're, we're, we're Trump 100%. We'll stay that way till the man decides not to. And then okay. who he endorses will get our vote. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter what DeSantis does in Florida. I wish a Mark Gordon had bigger 
right. when I was up yeah. here in Wyoming. But um, that's that's the energy thing going on up here. Is they're putting those nasty nuclears up here? I, I don't understand why we need them. We have coal, oil, and gas, and these guys can't be in power forever, and unless. We don't do anything about the voting rolls, and we don't do anything about this cheating that's going on. And I believe 100% Arizona is being stolen. I believe Pennsylvania was stolen, and I believe 2020 was stolen. And nothing's going to change my mind on that. And and if they uh, don't want to believe it, why not do a full forensic audit of everything, and let's find out. All right. Thank you, Judy. Judy calling in from Casper, Wyoming. That kind of completes the road trip, by the way. Let me see. We went from Laporte, which is way down in Colorado, up to Cheyenne. Then there's Casper and Gillette. That's like a straight line, like right up. I do have a story here. You're just going to love what happens next with those EV charging stations they're putting in around the state of Wyoming. 845, Wake Up, Wyoming. Talk radios on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Eight forty nine is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Don Day. Uh, did I say Don Day? I'm sorry, Frank. Frank he doesn't Campino. live in an ice box. No, no, he, he does. Lives in a control tower. He does. In the he, he does. Yeah. You, on the other hand, are actually in an, I live ice, in an box. ice box. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I hate puns. I just, I hate them. Do you like puns? No. Well, see, I like puns. Yeah. And they hate memes. Okay. You like memes. And oh, hate I puns. see. Okay. But what what if the meme is a pun or a pun? Well, is a meme? no, no, no. It's, it's a meme. Okay. It's All a right. meme. It should die. I come across. See, I I do think sometimes people put memes up that just make me really laugh, and so that's why I like them. And they come with a good picture. But so I come across this one earlier this morning. The surface of the Earth is approximately seventy percent water. None of that is carbonated, proving that the Earth is flat. <laughs> Okay, see, <laughs> just, oh, I want to find whoever wrote that, and I can I just slap them? Yeah, I, I know. know. There there are people, it's like memes and puns, they they must have no jobs. Okay. Or life. I mean, is that all they think about all day? And then, and then, not only do they think about it, yeah. then they type it on the internet. Oh, God. Ooh, and, and they're waiting anxiously for all the Yeah, well, yeah, reactions. you got to like it and so on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they, they post it, then they got to come back every two minutes or yeah. less. To see who reacted to it. See, a man sued an airline company after he couldn't find his luggage. He lost his case. Okay, see, okay. Did you hear about the man who tried to catch a frog? He missed. It's a, it's a frog joke there. Uh, why did the can crusher quit his job? It was so depressing. Oh, boy. You see, well, I, you're getting lamer. I want to find these people, Frank, and I just want to slap them, okay? It's getting lamer. Women's college hoops at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls will host Gonzaga tonight in Laramie in their home opener. UW lost their season opener on the road, 67-55 to North Dakota on Friday. Douglas native Allison Furtig was saddled with foul trouble for the Cowgirls. Still had 9 points and 10 rebounds. She did play just 14 minutes. Gonzaga's 2-0, and and they're a pretty good shooting team. That's an APM start tonight from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys basking in the globe. That 14-13 win over Colorado State in the board award to retain the bronze boot to get to 7-3 overall, 5-1 
one in Mountain West play at the quarterback spot. Jaden Clemens came in for the injured Andrew Peasley and was 7 of 11 for 90 yards and threw a fourth quarter touchdown pass to give the post to lead for good. Peasley, by the way, is in concussion protocol. Didn't look promising for the Cowboys for long stretches of that game on Saturday night in Fort Collins, but they did manage manage to find a way to win, and head coach Craig Bull appreciated the effort all the way around. Great job by players stepping up that were somewhat unknown and made big plays in a big, big game. And so uh, can't say enough about our players. They have been a really enjoyable team to coach. I mean, they just, I don't know, you look out there and they're just a lot of blue-collar guys that are they're buying in. They play really hard. So after one game, big after one big game, here comes another one. As Boise State comes to Laramie on Saturday night, the Broncos are seven and three overall, six and zero in Mountain West play. That'll be a five p.m. start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. In the NFL, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen lost a tough overtime game to Minnesota on Sunday, thirty-three thirty. So the Bills are six and three. They are now in second place in the AFC East behind Miami. Allen did throw for three hundred and thirty yards and a touchdown pass, but he also fumbled at his own goal line and threw an interception in overtime to end the game really on a throw that wasn't very smart. Allen so far has 10 interceptions this season, which was two more than all of last season, and has lost three fumbles. Buffalo will host Cleveland this week. In volleyball, two Kelly Walsh high school players from Casper have signed with the Wyoming Cowgirl program in Larry. Abby Milby and Peyton Carruth have both three-time All-State selections and propelled their team to the 4A state championship this season, and second place finishes in 4A in 2021 and 2020. These two will still go to UW even after head coach Jack Callahan announced that this would be his final year at the helm of the Calgary program after 10 seasons on the job. And that's it in sports. So let me see. Uh, don't interrupt someone working intently on a word puzzle. Chances are you'll hear some crosswords. Oh, God. We're getting to the bottom of the barrel yeah. here. My yeah. ex-wife still misses me, but her aim is improving. <laughs> see, that's not <laughs> like bad. That that's actually a good one there. I can yeah. see that as a Henny Youngman joke. Yeah. For those old enough to remember Henny he was Youngman. He was awesome. Uh, let's see. No, not that one. Why was the nah, why was the baby ant confused because his <laughs> all of his uncles were ants? Okay, see that's a kid joke. Yeah, that's a that's what dad tells to a kid. Those cheesy ones. Yeah, really cheesy. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. I hated those jokes when I was a kid. They're just horrible. All right, so I do have this story here on those charging stations they're trying to put up in the state of Wyoming at, at your expense, taxpayer expense. Wake up, my own. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. Talking about what I'm talking about, change the subject. Fine, I'll just roll with it. So, I want to answer real quick here. Patriot 235 is in Elk Mountain. Yeah, I wanted to show you what I was talking about because his last message to me off the app is, but that's insane. Yes, it is. 
Don't worry, I'll explain. Okay, so when Judy from Casper called, and Judy, once again, you had people going, wow, that Judy. Yes, it's not Judy. It's not that people don't like you. They, they love your passion. They love your passion. But they also, you get a lot of reaction out of your passion, too, and that's okay. That's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing, Judy. She likes to call the program Invent, and people like to hear her. She's a, a good part of this program, which is why I'm glad she's out there still shooting her mouth off. So when she called, oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to set this up properly if I'm going to do it. Here we go there. Glad I saved this one. Okay. So while she was ranting about Mitch McConnell and other things like that, she mentioned that there's some people who have discussed the idea of nominating uh, Liz Cheney <laughs> as Speaker of the House. Okay. So to which our friend at Elk Mountain, Patriot 235, said, uh, Glenn, your previous caller said Liz Cheney was going to be speaker. Well, no, not was going to be, but some people have floated the idea. What if Liz was nominated as speaker? Maybe I misheard, but Liz Cheney is history in a couple of months. In which case, I said, believe it or not, you do not have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. So, Patriot from Elk Mountain, that's insane! Yeah, kind of is. But someone also floated the idea, what if we nominated Donald Trump as Speaker of the House? That's been floated too, believe it or not. Isn't going to happen, but okay. So I, I came up with this. Headline of the story, can an outsider be Speaker of the House? Does a member of the House have to, do they have to be a member in order to be, according to the Constitution? So this goes actually back all the way to 2015 when this was written. As a Republican search for someone to secede John Boehner as Speaker of the House, someone suggests bringing in an outsider, such as Newt Gingrich or Colin Powell, former Secretary of State, Joint Chiefs of Staff, stuff like that. But do they have to be a member? Well, the Constitution is silent on that question, simply saying the House of Representatives shall choose their Speaker and other offices, officers. The clerk of the House agrees with the office of the House historian saying, within say in the Constitution where that person needs to come from. So since it's not specifically said that that person has to be from the House of Representatives or a member of Congress even, they can be from anywhere. It's left open like that, believe it or not. Lee on nuclear reactors in Kemmer. I, I always have to pronounce it that way, Lee. I don't know how else to do it. Wait a second, Lee. Hang on a second. Bam. Try it again. You there? There you are. Yeah. Go ahead. They're they're proposing a liquid sodium cooled reactor in Kemmer. Yes. Okay. Now that's kind of a nasty little chemical there. So, I did a little research on the internet. In 1958, Admiral Rickover, the godfather of the nuclear navy, tried a uh, sodium-cooled reactor. Didn't last long. His determination was it was unsafe and unreliable. Okay. So, the French built one in the early 2000s, and they're pretty good on their nuclear stuff. Uh, they, they tried to run it for four years, and they netted 
four months of actual runtime. Right. Their determination, unsafe and unreliable. So what yeah. the software pirates know that these people don't know? Okay. Yeah, and, and this is where they say, they well, we have a new design, new ideas. Uh, yeah, so you're going to prove it here. I see. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's part bothers me. Yeah, okay. All right. I That's a good point, Lee. I'm going to build on what you, unless you got something else, I'm going to build on what you just said. No, other than you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. You got me thinking. All right. Let's stop for just a minute and talk about energy. I like to get picky on words, but think about what I've done since I was a kid on Sanibel Island. I was at the Pirate Playhouse as an actor. I was on my school debate and play and all of that kind of stuff in school. Wrote for my school newspaper and got some articles in some little newspapers when I was young, too. And as I got older, I've written for some newspapers, some magazines, a couple of books. I've also been a public speaker, radio, television, and some television work, stand-up comedy, stuff like that. In other words, words are what I do. This is what I do. Every day I get here and I write some articles for you guys. I'm working on the next book. I do a talk radio show. Words are what I do. So I pay close attention to what words mean and how people are using them and how often people miss use words, right? This has to do with what Lee was talking about with energy. This is what he got me thinking about. You hear me go a little crazy every time someone refers to wind and solar as clean, renewable. Electric cars are zero emissions, you know, things like this. This is misusing the words and it's misleading you. We need zero emissions. We need something that here's a big word they love to throw. It's sustainable. No, it's not. I got some bad news for you guys. I'm sorry to have to do this to you, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. If we want energy today, and energy in many ways is a good thing, because not only is it keeping you warm on a cold day, it runs our hospitals, not just with electricity to the hospitals, but it creates the medicines and many of the, of the other things doctors do to make you well or keep you alive. It provides so much for us in so many different ways. It has pulled humanity out of literally living in the mud and the sewage to a very healthy lifestyle where human beings have never lived this long. And it has been better for the environment. It's more CO2 in the air, which is better for the environment. Not, not, CO2 is not a pollutant. It keeps us from cutting down forests to keep warm. Instead, we have electricity created in all sorts of different ways. Here's the bad news, though. There's no way to do it without some kind of a hazard. For those people who want to build a nuclear power plant because they're thinking, well, if we build a nuclear power plant, there's no carbon emissions. <sighs> okay, yeah. Uh, you're still buying into the lie that CO2 is a pollutant, but hang on a second. What are you going to do with the nuclear waste? And the new style of plant that they're talking about here in Wyoming would have very little nuclear waste if it works. Lee was right. The past few iterations of that kind of a plant didn't work. But if this were to work, then, okay, there's less nuclear waste, but we still have nuclear waste. What do you do with that? Want to burn coal, gas, and oil? We have found very clean ways to burn coal, gas, and oil. Very clean. 
but nothing is 100% good for the environment. So you think, okay, we're going to put up wind turbines and solar panels, and they're that sustainable and clean and green and renewable, and not one word of that is true. Because you can't build those things unless you have petroleum products and coal and things like that. You can't even build those things. But even then, we've talked about how toxic the batteries are to create and the rare earth minerals are to extract and create and then dispose of. So those things are highly toxic. Whacking birds and bats out of the sky too. Currently that we know of, there is no way to create energy that doesn't have some kind of harmful impact on the environment. It's not possible. Now, maybe someday we come up with something. But at the moment, we haven't done that. No matter what we do, there's going to be some kind of hazard to it. I, I point that out because there's those people on any side of the argument who will say, well, our form of energy is better because there is no such thing as a form of energy which does no harm to the environment. Look, if you would, there are some things that are better than others. For those people who think, well, I'm saving the environment because I'm driving an electric car, you're actually doing more harm to the environment than if you just bought a small used car. Used, notice I threw that in there. There's a reason for that. If you want to actually do better for the environment, a lot of this new stuff that's supposed to save the environment has been shown to be actually worse for the environment. So there's no way around it. No matter what you do, you're going to have an impact on the environment. And unfortunately, many of the things that they want us to do to save the environment do more harm than good. That's why I point out, even when they come up with your hamburger, this is a fake meat hamburger. It's not real meat. It's manufactured meat which turns out to be worse for the environment and not as good for you as just eating meat. 917, Wake Up Wyoming. On Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 923 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Great calls this morning. I appreciate that, guys. 888-97-WOODS. Or another way to do it. You hear me talking to all sorts of different people. Let me see. Uh, Elks Mountain, Whitney, Lake Wales. That's my sister in Florida. Matt's and Casper. And Grandpa Rich's in Thermopolis. There's uh, some Cheyenne people. Greeley, Colorado. And Granite Canyon, there's more Cheyenne, Lead, South Dakota, Fort Danger, several people in Fort Danger. So that's just some of the people from all over that. And what they're doing is you're using the Wake Up Wyoming app, which you can do a lot with. You download the app. It's free at your app store. Just Wake Up Wyoming. And there's many things besides sports and news and weather and updates if you want to get alerts. But then also you can hit chat and send me a note, which is what they're doing. It's like texting me while I'm on the air. And I will text back to them and also answer them on the air. So that's one way to talk. Another thing to do is after the show is over, it becomes a podcast. And it's minus commercials and minus news. So we can get right to the meat of the program. It condenses it for you. So you can go back and listen to the program on your schedule. Pause it. Start it again. Share it with people, whatever you want to do. Also, those funny bits that we play, the ones that are produced in-house, those are also 
on the Wake Up Wyoming app. So hit On Demand. There's the old shows and Wyoming altered states for all the funny bits. All right, so let's jump real quick here to the charging stations. Again, Cowboy State Daily just knocking it out of the park this morning. Wyoming to receive 17 EV charging stations for $19 million. That seems like way too much money. 17 charging stations costing them $19 million. Seems like it's it shouldn't cost that much, but all right. But none are likely to be profitable, says the story. Now, this is where, again, when the Fed sent the Wyoming Department of Transportation the money, YDOT should have just sent the money back. We are Wyoming, they should have said. We believe in a free market. And if people think that this is something that should be uh, done for their business because they think it'll be profitable, then they'll go ahead and install one themselves. Not because taxpayers' subsidies are coming in. And YDOT will brag, well, it's not Wyoming money. Yeah, but it's coming from the federal government, which is borrowed against future generations. So that's not any better. The story says the Wyoming Department of Transportation were to follow all the federal guidelines laid out for a program that pays to build and operate more charging stations along the nation's roadways. Wyoming would need 17 charging stations at the cost of about $19 million, and they would not be profitable. Federal guidelines for the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure NEVI program requires the charging station to be placed every 50 miles along the interstate. That would be located no more than a mile from an exit. To meet those requirements, 17 charging stations would need to be built along Interstate 25, 80, and 90 through Wyoming, which would cost about $19 million. The $24 million available through the program over the next few years, 19 of the $24 million available. Program requires a 20% uh, match from private businesses that would build separate stations. No money would be required from the state of Wyoming. But again, as it says, no money required from the state of Wyoming. Yeah, but still, it's barred against future generations from the federal government, so that's still not any better. With only a few hundred EV registers in Wyoming, the stations would primarily serve out-of-state drivers. So there's very few electric vehicles in the state. You've seen a few around. So a few cars using the stations, though they would likely, you need a lot more vehicles to be profitable. Remember, Lee had called, he's from KC. He was offered one of these charging stations at his gas station. But there's not profit in it, considering how many people they expect to stop and actually use the thing. Patrick Lawson, owner of Wild West EV, said there are a lot of variables to go into that cost of building a chain station. And inflation rates, that's part of it. Lawson said ballpark figures about $500,000 per station, which means the feed would pay about $400,000 per He's $100,000 behind. When he sat down and added up, it's going to cost me this much to build the station and maintain the station, but how much am I expected to make off of it? He's losing money. Wyoming Department of Transportation did analysis of the cost fully compliant with the program. Based on, based on the responses from six companies, the state's plan to estimate cost of construction would be about uh, $478,000 up to $725,000 per station, depending on where they are, which include costs associated with installing the three-phase volt power supply, 
Other companies estimate the cost, and it goes into all these different companies estimating the cost. Basically, no matter how you run the numbers, and I have a map here showing me where these stations would be, no matter how they run the numbers, the cost of putting the stations in and then keeping the stations maintained, we always end up at a loss. Now, remember, private businesses that would want to get involved in this program, here's what's going to happen. So they this, the station is built to charge vehicles. And if it's not making money, if it's either breaking even or losing money, it would be better to not repair it and let it fall apart. It actually be better to do that than repair. If it was making a ton of money, oh, you better believe it would be in pristine condition, pristine working order all the time. But if it's either breaking even or losing money, then they just won't repair it. And we'll end up with a bunch of broken down EV stations all over the state of Wyoming. Coming up on 930, local news, weather forecast, wake up Wyoming. than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Nine thirty-six. the time, Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Well, happened again. This is not going to last very long with these guys, I, I guarantee it. So once again, some climate activists, this time in Vienna, defaced a 1915 painting called Death and Life. Very famous painting. And now the good news is that these paintings that they're trying to destroy have been behind glass and protected against vandals like this. And nobody ever pictured climate vandals, but vandals like this. Once again, this time they didn't throw soup at it. They ended up throwing some black liquid, which was supposed to be like an oily substance. Okay. They're not really getting in. They're not convincing anyone. You don't convince someone to talk climate change when you try to deface some painting like this. You've convinced them to talk about what annoying little turds you are. That's what the conversation ends up being about. Brad Buckner is on the phone with us. Morning, Brad. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, I just heard about the uh, annoying little turd. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um you know, you, as a wordsmith yourself, like you say, you can, you rearrange words uh, for speaking engagements, for sure. speaking and writing yeah. uh, papers and books and things. So let me give you a quick, uh, just a little rundown on some words here. If you use critical thinking, deductive reasoning, common sense, intelligence, experience, laws of logic, the ultimate standard being the Bible— Presupposition based on fact, rational thinking produces facts, and the correct answer is bound by truth. Um, that's kind of like my Ten Commandments um, that I try to use when I, you know, look at problems or try to create solutions or visit with somebody about problems. Um, it. To, to find the solution to any problem, you absolutely have to get to the facts and the truth, 
but truth not bent by presupposition of forcing your right. will. Here's the, the deal. Direction. Here's what true science is. True science is not looking at something and deciding this is why this is happening and then going out to prove it. True science is looking at the evidence and letting the evidence lead you to the conclusion. And sometimes that conclusion, Brad, is something that you don't want to hear. But right. that's where the facts led you. Yeah, you know, always, and, and we have to remember, 100% of all problems on earth, especially amongst people, yeah. uh, is bound by Satan himself mm -hmm. and the demons, you know, um, until Christ returns, we have to live in a fallen world that's ruled by Satan himself. Right. So the demons that coach people to be bad, that work out in, in the worst interest of humanity, we just have to remember... Mm -hmm. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness. So humans need to just stop fighting each other and join God's team. And then if you make more people God's team, then the lesser team, you know, is the other side. And next thing you know, we just have a better world. One of the things I wrote in my book, The Uncomplicated Life, is, and this is the most important thing that you can remember, Brad, in your lifetime, always be honest with yourself about yourself. Because I find, as human beings, we lie to ourselves about so many things. All right? We oftentimes yes. want to imagine ourselves to be better than we are, for example. Uh, I find people oftentimes being caught in a lie, and the first person when they're caught in a lie that they lie to <laughs> is themselves. I wasn't lying. You're trying to convince yourself of that? Always be brutally honest with yourself about yourself. If you can do that, then you're well on the path to leading a very honest and clean life. And that means when you've blown it, when you've done something stupid, you should be the first person to admit that you're an idiot. Well, and that's really easy to do in a way because your conscience is going to bother you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Unless you are a unless you're lying it. to yourself. Yeah, if you lie to yourself, then you're <laughs> you're trying to push your conscience away. You're fighting yourself at right. that point, and battling yourself Absolutely. is just you, it, that's that's what makes you, I think, possibly the dumbest person on earth when you spend all your time battling yourself. Well, and you know what? Insanity is looking at the truth, telling yourself that it's really not the truth. Yeah, yeah. That would be truly insane. All right. Thank you, Brad. Were you guys able to keep up with all of this? Because it got convoluted after a while. Oh, I was speaking about those climate turds. Hang on just a second. Listen to this guy. To all the school kids going on strike for climate change, you're the first generation who've required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room, and your classes are all computerized. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but you arrive in caravans of private cars that choke suburban roads and worsen rush hour traffic. You're the biggest consumers of manufactured goods ever and update perfectly good, expensive luxury items to stay trendy. Your entertainment comes from electric devices. Furthermore, the people driving your protests are the same people who insist on actually inflating the population growth through immigration, which increases the need for energy, manufacturing and transport. The more people we have, the more forest and bushland we clear, the more of the environment that's destroyed. How about this? Tell your teachers to switch off the aircon, walk or ride to school, switch off your devices and read a book, make a sandwich instead of buying manufactured fast food. No, none of this will happen because, the piece says, you're selfish, 
badly educated, virtue-signalling little turds, inspired by the adults around you who crave a feeling of having a noble cause while they indulge themselves in Western luxury, an unprecedented quality of life. Wake up, grow up, and shut up. 943, Wake Up, Wyoming. Morning Radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. It's the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, uh, do you know some people who have emotional support animals? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I came across this just a moment ago. This is a dog who's really looking very suspicious, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, just doesn't trust who he's looking at. After listening to his owner drone on for hours, Ralph suddenly realized he was not cut out to be an emotional support dog after all. <laughs> he was tired of hearing the droning, right? God. I just, having said that, though, do you know that I have a, an emotional support, we'll put in quotes, animal? Okay. Well, now, some years ago, I was in Gillette. There's a really nice store there that's all about um, educational toys. And they had a rubber chicken hanging up for sale. I didn't know that was an educational toy. Carl is an emotional... Okay, yeah. So I bought him. Item? Well, my friend turned to me and said, you know, there's no reason why you of all people shouldn't have a rubber chicken. You should have... You're right. I should have one. Okay, now I know there's a lady in Cheyenne that was cutting my hair. She had a little corgi, and she had emotional problems, and she would have... Uh, the, the, the hairstylist or the yeah, dog? No, the, the hairstylist. She would oh. have uh, fits of depression or anxiety or whatever. And the dog was trained to recognize it and go love on her, right? Hmm. So I support emotional support animals because she didn't need any drugs with side effects. It worked wonderfully. My problem with them is, is that with people going on airplanes. There, that was the problem. You know, okay. So everyone had an emotional support right. animal. Somebody I mean, got are, on, are you, are you going to have an emotional support tarantula? Yes, somebody had a tarantula, someone had a boa constrictor, someone no, had no. an ostrich. Okay, here's what I did. That annoyed me because I was thinking of my hairstylist. Now, some people don't know this. I don't think you do, Frank. Hmm. I took uh, Carl and I took a picture of him. <laughs> Pardon me. I took a picture of him. And then I got online to where you can register your animal as an emotional support animal. And I registered Carl, and I got a certificate. Yeah. It's official. And then I took him on a flight to Florida to go visit my family, and I brought him with me. And I kept taking pictures of that, and I sent it to members of Congress. Oh, okay. There's actually, I don't know if it was because of me, but a few years ago, the laws were changed. So you cannot bring your pet boa constrictor on as an emotional support animal anymore. Yeah, the airlines cracked out on that. They certainly did. But anyway, yes, Carl is my emotional support animal, just in case you wondered. Where's his red vest at? We want to see that. In women's college basketball, the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls will host Gonzaga tonight at Laramie in their home opener. UW lost their season opener on the road to North Dakota on Friday, 67-55. Douglas native Allison Ferdy was saddled with foul trouble and still had nine points and ten rebounds in 14 minutes of play. And Zaggers 2-0, they're a pretty good shooting team. That's an 8 p.m. start tonight from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. And college football, the Wyoming Cowboys basking in the glow of that 14-13 win over Colorado State in the border war on Saturday in Fort Collins to retain the bronze boot and get to 7-3 and overall and 5-1 and in Mountain West play. At the quarterback spot, Jaden Clemens came in for the injured Andrew Peasley. He was 7-11 of for 90 yards and threw a fourth-quarter touchdown pass. Peasley 
by the way, is in concussion protocol. Didn't look promising for the Cowboys for long stretches, but they managed to find a way to win. So after one big game, here comes another as Boise State comes to Laramie on Saturday night. The Broncos are 7-3 and overall, 6-0 and in Mountain West play. The Broncos have a quarterback and redshirt freshman, Talon Green, who reminds UW head coach of a young Josh Allen. From a guy who recruited Josh and coached Josh, uh, pretty pretty bold statements on my part, but I, I've seen him throw the ball flick at 68 yards. Uh, he's six foot six. He's got a good completion percentage. Uh, he's unbelievably mobile. He's aggressive. His height and his leverage allows him to make plays that and throws that I would say I would not allow our quarterback to make. 5 p.m. start from War Memorial Stadium on Saturday. That's a biggie. Speaking of Josh Allen, he lost a tough overtime game as his Buffalo Bills were beaten by the Minnesota Vikings 33-30. So the Bills are 6-3 and three, and now in second place in the AFC East behind Miami. Allen did throw for 330 yards and a touchdown, but he also fumbled at his own goal line and threw an interception in overtime to end the game on a throw that really wasn't very smart. Allen so far has 10 interceptions this season, which is two more than all of last season, and has lost three fumbles. Buffalo will host Cleveland this week. In volleyball, two Kelly Walsh High School players from Casper have signed with the University of Wyoming program in Laramie. Abby Milby and Peyton Carruth are both three-time All-State selections and propelled their teams to the 4A State Championship this season and second-place finishes in 20, 2021 and 2020. Those two will still go to UW even after head coach Chad Callahan announced that this, is, this will be his final year at the helm of the Cowgirl program after 10 seasons on the job. And that's it in sports. That young man, six foot six, huh? For a quarterback, yeah. that's, wow, yeah, that's uh, You should be playing basketball, uh, really. Point, yeah. But boy, Okay. He could see over everybody. That's uh, tall. See, tall sounds really promising, but you know how that goes. Be very careful of talking somebody up too much this early on. Right. For their, for their own sake, more than anything else. I think I it's think. just called being polite. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's good to pat someone on the back, but again, don't don't build them up too much early on, is my thought. Make them live up to it. Yeah, oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Right. Yep. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Hey, that new episode of uh, Social Justice Warrior with the car chase, you know, the the big diesel truck against the electric vehicle running on unicorn farts. I'm going to play that on the air tomorrow. So be listening for that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.